welcome to Is It Philosophy? For thousands of years, philosophy has been the domain of the elite, a form of thought placed on a tall pedestal. Well, not anymore. I want to take it back to its roots, simply the love of wisdom. A guest will join me each episode as we try to apply critical thinking to a new topic. At the end, it will be up to you to decide. Is it philosophy? All right, everybody. Obviously, we are back again. I have got a topic today, and I'm joined by somebody who's willing to cover this very exciting, thought-provoking, challenging question. Finally, finally have somebody willing to hit this topic with me. I'm joined by Justin Landy. We are going to talk about... Are you ready? It's big. It's it's going to blow everybody's it's mind. Earth-shattering. It is. It really is. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I know. I'm waiting for it. Y'all are going to be blown away. So, Justin, I want to obviously give you the the first crack at this. What is your thought on this very, very important topic? (laughs) So this is so funny. When I saw this on the list of topics, I wanted to do it because I actually – I'm a psychology professor is my day job, and I use this example when I'm teaching concepts and categories. And so I think the right answer to this is not yes and not no – it's that sandwichness is a continuum. It's not either or. I love it. And I have the exact same thought. That leads me to the question of where do we draw that line? How do we know if something is or is not? And what constitutes a, as you put it, sandwichness? From a, from a cognitive psychology perspective, basically the better something matches our typical idea of a sandwich, what we call a prototype, the more we're going to say it's a sandwich or the more likely we are to put it in that category. And so a hot dog is like, it's an okay example of a sandwich, right? Because it shares some of the features that we usually think of sandwiches having, but it doesn't really share all of them. I would say a a hot dog is not as much of a sandwich as a PBJ, but it's more of a sandwich than, say, like a pizza, which is also a starch holding up food, but less sandwichy. I'm going to throw this out here, too, because I think this is also something that needs to be added to this. Would we classify it closer to a sandwich or would it be more of the American version of a taco? My opinion is it's more sandwich than taco. I don't really have a great reason for saying that. It's just sort of my, I don't know, I guess my concept of a sandwich is more similar to a hot dog than my concept of a taco is. The whole point is all these boundaries are super fuzzy, right? There's no clear distinction there. Maybe a taco is a sandwich a little bit. I agree. And I'm glad you said that because it gives me the chance to throw a little controversy in here because I would wholeheartedly say it is closer to a taco because oh. when we when we look at the overall shape of a taco, right? A taco mm-hmm. is one piece of we'll call it starch, bread, whatever, sure. ho- folded over a, an interior of some kind. Yes. Is that not very similar in shape to a hot dog bun and the hot dog interior? I would say it is similar, but let me hit you back with this one. What about a sub sandwich, which is a roll not cut into two pieces, right? So that is one bit of starch folded over food in the middle. I think almost everyone would say that that's a sandwich, not a taco. And I would disagree with everybody. I think that's a taco, too. I think (laughs) we've just discovered the American invention of the taco. Well, you're a principled man. I respect that. (laughs) 
right? So that's where this topic to me is so fascinating because like you said, there's no right answer. And I love that. Right. You've brought in a very, a deeper psychology to it than I anticipated. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I use this when I teach concepts and categories. So I have my students indicate like on an online survey, whether a bunch of different things are sandwiches or not. And everybody agrees a PBJ is a sandwich. Everybody agrees a pizza isn't, but everything else you get really wildly divergent answers on. So some people say that an ice cream sandwich is a sandwich, which I strongly disagree with because it's cake, not bread. But some people say it is. The whole point of the exercise is basically to show that there's no sharp line around most categories, right? It's just more or less of what you typically imagine. And I'm going to throw this out there because I think this is also an important uh, topic to cover <laughs> is I'm going to call a pizza an open face sandwich. If you went to a restaurant, it was similar in shape to what you would get for an open face sandwich. That's a controversial take right there. <laughs> Probably it's going to get me some nasty hate mail, but that's okay. <laughs> Right. Uh, no, I love it. I also think this brings up a, a very interesting philosophical point that that I think we're sort of dancing around. And I can't think of the thought experiment off the top of my head. Basically, and I was having this conversation with my wife the other day, is there's, there's a thought experiment about if I have a heap of sand, right? Mm -hmm. And what constitutes enough sand to make a heap, right? I'm sure we would all agree that one grain of sand mm. isn't a heap. Yeah. Two grains, three grains, four grains, a hundred grains, right? At what point does it become a heap? Would a million yeah. grains of sand then be considered a heap of sand? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I'm not familiar with that one. I guess it would just become more and more heap-like, right? And you can never you can never say when you add one more grain, okay, now it's a heap. Yep. And that was kind of the, the direction the thought experiment was going. Yeah. If, if we all agree that a million grains of sand is, a, is considered, we'll call that a heap. Yeah. So if I take one away, one grain of sand, is it no longer a heap? I love that thought because it- I think it's- Sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. I was just going to say, I think it's one millionth less heapy. <laughs> I like that. I, never, I haven't taken that approach to it, but I like that. That's a good good way of looking at it. I think that, though, also, since we're going now way more deep down the rabbit hole than I anticipated, which is cool. I love it. I also think that that leads to the principle of the idea, anyway, of all of these crossbreeding of a, of a dog. At what point the, did the dog no longer mm. become the wolf? And where, where did that line get drawn from the dog? Because obviously the, the domesticated dog, at least I think, correct me if I'm wrong, was crossbreeded into or from a wolf and, and some other animals to get to where we are now. Yeah, well, it was like domesticated from a wolf, I think. I don't know if there's a clear answer to that. So I know the difference between species is usually if they can, if two animals can't produce viable offspring, then they're different species. But I think dogs are actually still considered the same species as wolves, right? Because they're Canis lupus familiaris. So they're like a subspecies of wolf. I'm not a biologist by any stretch, but a biologist might say dogs are wolves. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think a biologist would tell you actually dogs are a kind of wolf. They're the same species. They're just friendlier. I, but I don't know. It's a really interesting question. I don't know the answer to that either. And I think that kind of, to me anyway, that is where 
these questions like this particular, the hot dog is a sandwich question. Those yeah. things are, that I think is where 90% of, of our miscommunication and arguments come from in life with, with everybody is I see it as one thing, you see it as another, and I'm trying desperately to convince you that my take is correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. How then do we get around that? Is there a way to get around that? What do you think? Is Can we can we agree to disagree? And if we try to agree to disagree, isn't somebody just going to walk away pissed off or both of us walk away pissed off? I was going to say, I think both people walk away pissed off when you agree to disagree because nobody got what they wanted. I think maybe this is a little bit of a cop-out answer, but one way we can maybe try to deal with this is teach more philosophy and more psychology to people because this idea of fuzzy concepts, you know, it's not a new thing. It dates to at least Ludwig Wittgenstein, so like mid-19th century, I think. Even before psychology was a field, philosophers were recognizing that you can't just have a list of features that make something a sandwich, right? And reasonable people can disagree about what is a sandwich and what isn't. And it's not that they're it's not that they're really disagreeing at the fundamental level. They're just disagreeing about what like how much of a sandwich something is. I think if people recognized that a lot of these conceptual disagreements are maybe more of degree than of kind, maybe that would help. I might say that a, a hot dog is 60% of what I think the ideal prototypical sandwich is, right? And you might say, no, it's 45%. If we're just going yes or no, I come down on yes, it's a sandwich. You come down on no, it isn't. And we have to fight it out or agree to disagree. But if the difference is really about 15%, then we're actually pretty close together. I like that approach. Yeah, I think that's a, an interesting way of approaching it. I also think one of the issues we have is with language. I think language itself yeah. has got a lot of us messed up. And there's several philosophical ideas that try to tackle language and make it more powerful, I guess, is a good term for it, where yeah. it's more accurate, I guess, as a better way to describe it. I'm kind of on board with that. I like the idea of finding a way to make language better descriptive. Like what if we had something that was a cross between a taco and a sandwich, right? A taco witch. I don't know. And that is where we classify the sub and the hot dog. And now we've got this clear distinction. All right. Well, we've got the sandwich here. We've got the taco on this end of the spectrum and everything in between falls into this taco witch. I wonder yeah. if that would help clear up a lot of the, and obviously we can go take that beyond sandwich and taco, right? And, and apply right, it to other right. things. I wonder if that would help clear up some of the the argument, the disagreement, the constant Facebook arguments you see all the time. I think it does. There's definitely something to be said for precision in language. Just to play devil's advocate, though, there is always the trade-off with efficiency. At the far, far extreme of the argument you're making, we could just have a different name for every sparrow on Earth, and it would be perfectly precise and completely useless for oh, communication. Yeah. You do have to have some kind of a middle ground, and I tend to think that natural language generally does an okay job of finding it. So would the word taco, which be like a net gain for the English language? Yeah, probably. But you have like these constructed languages like Esperanto that are supposed to be like super precise and really easy to learn, and like there's no ambiguity, there's no synonyms and like weird 
orange and orange kinds of things and nobody ever adopts them because I think you, you do lose something that is there in a natural language, something that just emerged. I'm not quite sure what that something is, but I do think it's there. I would lean towards lazy. I think people are inherently, and I'm totally <laughs> lazy and I'm not bashing anybody who is because I am completely I heartedly think that if we could get beyond, and I don't think we ever will, but I think if we could get beyond the the laziness of it and find a way, and maybe this is where the, and I can't think of the name of the movie, but there, there's a movie where, and maybe I'm making it up, where people communicate through, or aliens communicate through telekinesis or thought waves. I'm wondering if that's not where we're eventually going to wind up through evolution as a way to simplify a the communication process and b be able to exactly describe what we're talking about because if i can send telekinetically to your mind exactly what i'm trying to explain or describe or talk about and you can get the same picture in your head that i'm getting in my head now we've just eliminated all confusion all problems that would be definitely beneficial to humanity in a lot of ways as a man of science i think that that is uh, dubiously adheres to the laws of physics i would say there's certainly no mechanism known by which that could happen, but hey, if it could, that'd be awesome. I don't know that it ever could, but I think that would be, obviously, I don't subscribe necessarily to the alien abduction thing, but you always hear how they were communicating without words, and, and they knew what everybody was talking about, and they knew what to do, and but nobody was ever saying a word, so... If we're to believe the people who have been abducted and probed, there must be something in nature or in physics or in our bodies that are able to do that eventually. I would say that's a big if, if we are to believe those people. I don't really subscribe to that either. I think probably it's mostly people having night terrors and people who want attention. I'm a scientist. I'm a skeptic by nature. So I, I think skepticism is good. I think skepticism is what keeps all of us alive, I think, for lack of a better term. What do you think about ice cream sandwiches? Because this one, this gets heated when I do this in class. This is the one, for some reason, my students are at each other's throats, whether an ice cream sandwich is a sandwich or not. I would say, given a loose definition of sandwich, I would call it yes, definitely. Wow. I say it's a clear case of no, because the starch is a cake. So I feel like a sandwich is typically bread, but if not bread, some kind of a savory or relatively bland starch. I don't think cake qualifies. To me, an ice cream sandwich is less of a sandwich than a pizza is. I'm going to throw this at you a little bit. If we were to grab a, say, a, a Da Vinci painting and a Picasso painting and put them next to each other, obviously Picasso's person isn't going to look like a person traditionally would look, right? They're going to be kind of Picasso E, sure. for lack of a better term. And Da Vinci's is going to look very realistic, yeah. human, as close to it as, as we could yeah. get. Are they not the same principle? Are they not looking at the same thing and painting their version of the same thing? What I'm getting at is, isn't a ice cream sandwich just a different version, somebody else's take on the sandwich? Oh, that's good. That's really good. I think that they're fundamentally different endeavors. So I think that to use your art analogy, right, you have portraits and you have still lifes. And in food, you have savory and you have dessert. I think a sandwich is lunch, maybe dinner on occasion. 
an ice cream sandwich is dessert, and they're just different goals. They're different things you're trying to create. Mm, okay, I see where you're going. Can we not take and and going culinary with it? Have we not seen fusions where let let's say chocolate covered bacon? We've got the sweet, we've got the salty, we've got the savory, all in in one thing. Is that then a dessert or is that a side oh, dish? Man. I mean, categories are fuzzy, man. Right? We keep we, we keep coming back <laughs> to it. it, but it's really it's true. An ice cream sandwich is a really good example of dessert and a bad example of lunch. And I think that, boy, chocolate dipped bacon, it's a pretty good example of a side and a pretty good example of dessert. And it's kind of on the border there. Real quick side note on that. If you're going to try and if you haven't tried chocolate covered bacon yet, I recommend it. However, be careful (laughs) if you want crispy bacon. If the bacon isn't crispy, it's going to be nasty. Just throwing that out there for us, you for and for anybody else. Yeah, listening. that seems right. We made that mistake one time, and my wife got one that was crispier, and I got one that was soggy, and it was I hated it till I tried hers. And so, nice throwing that out there as a side public note. service announcement. Um, yeah, exactly. Another thing I'm going to throw at you, and I don't know if you've used this example, okay. is cereal soup. Ah, uh, so no, I haven't used that example. I remember I read something online a long time ago. Some guy argued there were only four categories of food. I don't remember what they were, but two of them were sandwich and soup. And so a sandwich was anything that was a starch supporting other food, and a soup was anything that was liquid that you could drink or eat with a spoon. And so like a glass of milk was soup, which I think is ridiculous. But No, I love it. <laughs> cereal, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back on my ice cream sandwich argument. I think cereal is breakfast and soup is not soup is usually lunch or dinner. What about breakfast for dinner? I do it all the time. We can't necessarily rely on the laurels of it's a breakfast item or a traditionally a breakfast item because so many of us enjoy our breakfast for dinner. No, I know. I mean, it's not, it's not perfect. I think it's a useful rule of thumb because otherwise we just have one category, which is food. And that's not very useful. No, but I do like, and I'm gonna have to look that up now and try to find that. I, I do like the idea of the the four <laughs> categories of food. I think it's brilliant. I honestly do. I, I think I think the reason all of this is so convoluted, and I'm gonna throw some of my chef and culinary friends under the <laughs> bus, but everybody's trying to be the next Gordon Ramsay oh, yeah. or the next whatever and create the the next big thing in food, yeah, right? Sure. And I think that's causing us a lot of issues. And it's not just food. I think it's everything. I, I think it's Everybody wants to be special, different, show their their skill and talent by doing something nobody's ever done yeah. before, yeah. right? Eventually, everything's been done. I heard a what was it? All music is or all new music anyway is basically just uh, a rip off of the Beatles. That sounds right. Yeah, I hate the Beatles, but I have to agree with that. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I hate the Beatles, wow, I do. I'm not a fan. Wow. I'm not the biggest Beatles fan, but I certainly respect the influence they've had. And I, I enjoy some of their music. Some of it's crap. I, I totally respect the, the influence. A lot of my favorite bands wouldn't exist had it not been for them. That being said, it's very simplistic. I don't know. I don't know any way to put it. I want more depth into it. And maybe this is one of those arguments of I'm just not hearing the depth in it and I'm losing the musicness in my ability to hear it. I don't know. 
I'm just not a fan. What can we do uh, besides coming back and looking up, and I got to find it now, the four categories of food. How can we solve, and let's go beyond food. How can we relieve a lot of this tension that we hear online? I don't know if if you spend a lot of time on Facebook or Twitter or whatnot, but one of the things I hear all the time, and especially on some of the anger management groups that I'm part of, is people arguing over semantics over something. And I think that's where a lot of the problems come in, right? We're we're arguing soup or cereal or taco or sandwich, (laughs) right? And it's fun, right? Because there's no... There's nothing at stake here. But what if we're arguing over, should our children be raised Catholic or Protestant or atheist mm-hmm. or Buddhist? Or, and there's no right answer there, right? Nobody knows what happens after this. So obviously, the answer there is irrelevant. People get passionate about that stuff, like crazy passionate. And to me, and I know I'm going to probably get hate mail for this too, To me, all of those labels are just the same word or a different word for the same thing, right? That's all it is. There's got to be something we can come up with philosophically, psychologically, something, something we can do. And I know we're not going to solve it here, but something we can do to start the process of ending the, the superficial, pointless debates that wind up ruining relationships and marriages and friendships and, and everything else. What is no, I agree. You're, you're a professor of, of psychology. What can we do? How can we, how can we fix this? Justin, put it on us. <laughs> well, I think a good first step is introducing the word taco, which to the English language. <laughs> Definitely. I it's, it's mine. I want, I want to copyright that right now, but no, ser- seriously though, I think that trying to get people to see shades of gray and see, commonalities and overlaps that maybe they don't see when they're thinking in this kind of rigid either or kind of way. I think that's a big part of it. I'm, I'm not religious at all. My wife is sort of culturally Jewish. Um, and we've had this discussion more than once and we basically had to find the middle ground that we're both comfortable with. I was raised quite seriously Protestant. I wouldn't call myself that now, My kids will have bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, which is something I would never have predicted growing up, but it's not that big a deal to me, and it means a lot to my wife, so that's what's going to happen, right? The word taco witch is sort of the toy example of this. If you can acknowledge shades of gray and overlaps between categories that you may not have previously seen, I think that's going to go a long way, and recognizing that Nothing, almost nothing is either this or that, right? It's somewhat this and somewhat that. So what it sounds like to me is 2,500 years ago, when Buddha sat beneath the Bodhi tree and told us to follow the middle path, he was on to something. I would say so, yeah. (laughs) Not to to throw that out there and have everybody turn it off at this point, but... I agree with you, though. I, th- I think compromise definitely is is the key to it with anything. I used to teach anger management and, and family violence classes, and it, it oh, was wow. fascinating to me to hear the number of people who have no idea what it means to compromise. I would always ask people, what is compromise? And I would always, always, without fail, get the answer of, well, it, it's two people coming to a mutual decision where fifty percent, where you basically you get fifty percent of what you want, right? You get fifty-fifty as a compromise, and I am inherently against that idea. I think that is a terrible way to compromise. 
I wholeheartedly think that we can have a compromise and walk away everybody getting 100% of what they want. Definitely. Without a doubt. Maybe 85%. No, probably not no definitely 100 And here's why I say that. I'll tell you why I, I use that example and why I say that. The problem is when we get into a debate over something that needs to be compromised, we're, we're working towards a compromise on a thing. Great example. I want Italian for dinner. My wife want Mexican. We're, yeah. we're fighting over a specific place to eat dinner, right? And we'll butt heads on that. And and neither one of us want to give up. And somebody's got to give up or some, we got to compromise. And, and instead, we go to McDonald's. I don't know if that's the, the middle ground on that or not. That's where it's going to be for this argument. The idea is we're, we're butting heads over this concept of something. And the idea is to, instead of being dead set on, I got to have Italian, she's got to have Mexican. What is it we're seeking? What is it that we're needing from those two different meals? For me, right, it could be Mm -hmm. Italian represents comfort, represents quiet meal where you sit down and you enjoy a bread course and a salad course. And for her, Mexican could represent you get in, you get your food, you get out, you get going. She might be in a hurry. So for her, it might be the need for for quick and for comfort or for, uh, for speed. Now, we can find a common ground there where both of us are getting that. I can get my comfort food. She can get her quickness and find a 100% compromise where both of us walk away happy. That's what I mean by compromising where everybody gets 100% of what they're seeking. I like that a lot. I worked in a business school for a few years and I taught negotiations for a while. And the thing that people forget about negotiating is that your interests, what you want is not the opposite of what the other person wants. You might not get every single thing on your wish list, but if you can prioritize, this is the thing I really want, right? Comfort in your case. And what your wife really wants is speed. If you can articulate those positions, then you can create value, as we say, by finding a solution that gives all of that. Yeah. And so you don't, you might not get your breadsticks. That's the 85% as opposed to a hundred, but you get what you're really after. Well, and if, if breadsticks are a sticking point for me, then then I can figure out how to, to make that work. But I see your point. I obviously don't need bread myself if you see my photo. i am definitely had my share of bread over the last few years. To me, that's kind of, of where we're talking about. I, I love the fact that you, you threw that in there where everybody's sort of living in this black and white world where it's either right or wrong. And that's that to me is, is awful. We need to... We need to follow the Buddha and find the middle path, the middle way. I know it sounds very kitschy and whatever, but I I wholeheartedly think it's right. I think that's it was right 2,500 years ago. I think it's right today. Yeah, I I think it all comes down to trying to break out of these rigid either-or categories, right? And recognizing that everything is a continuum, right? Everything's a spectrum, as we say. And so if you can get some of what you're looking for on – different spectra and the other person that you're negotiating with or that you're married to or whatever gets some of what they want on those spectra and you can find a middle ground, you can meet in the middle. That's really what we should all be chasing. Isn't our society set up to be either or like everybody's either Democrat or Republican, right? And, or whatever, pick your, your category. You're either religious or you're not, or you're this or you're that. And and we don't have, or we don't teach anyway, a middle ground. No, you're right. We definitely don't. I think that's a sad commentary on the state of our society, but it's absolutely true. I think that's what we need to be teaching. Maybe part of it is teaching Ludwig Wittgenstein and taco witches. 
I don't know. Again, copyrighted. That's mine. <laughs> Part of the problem, I think, like you said, a comment on society, though, is, and I don't know how much it is now. I don't follow too much news, but I remember not too long ago, there was that whole Black Lives Matter movement and everybody kept trying to tout, oh, well, does that mean other lives don't matter? Or what about white lives? Do white lives matter? Or what about this? Or what about that? And it turned into this giant argument over something that was in it, at its base, at its core, was it was a beautiful idea. This idea that we need to be putting more emphasis on on a group of people who have kind of been ignored for a while. Disadvantaged yeah. historically, yeah. Exactly. And it, it wasn't that other lives matter less. It was, and I, I forget who I read this by, but somebody was saying it. It's not that we're not saying that other lives don't matter. We're saying that black lives matter too. And right. I think if we can find yeah. that ground, right, that commonality there where nobody wants to feel marginalized, nobody wants to feel like they're they're lesser or on a lower rung or unimportant. And I think that goes back to everything we do, right? Not just that or yeah. food or whatever. Right. I think that's that's a universal feeling. Definitely. So pizza is an open face sandwich. Well, we can agree or disagree. <laughs> I guess so. And definitely I'm sticking with hot dog is an American taco. I see where you're coming from. I think it's more sandwichy than taco-ish. Oddly enough, this is a conversation. Whenever I explain what the show is, I would always use this example. Somebody brought up the point of, well, if, if a hot dog is an American taco, does that make ketchup salsa? And I'm like, <laughs> damn you. Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, yeah, I guess. If you accept the premise that a hot dog is a taco, then I think it follows that ketchup is probably a kind of salsa. As painful as that is to say, I think so. That's a tough pill to swallow. It is, isn't it? Well, <laughs> but at least you put ketchup on your hot dogs. My wife swears by that only lunatics put ketchup on and the proper condiment for a hot dog is mustard, which I strongly disagree with. This is the perhaps the major sticking point of our marriage is ketchup or mustard. She's so. from the Chicago area or up that area. Uh, Long Island, okay. actually. Knew it. It's either Chicago or, or New York is, is one of the two where it's only mustard. I grew up in, in Buffalo, so I, I knew a lot of people okay. from, from that area. And I don't get this one, and, and maybe you can explain it before we, we go. Mm. What is with the sauerkraut and mustard on a hot dog? I don't or like chili and mustard on a hot dog. I don't I don't get that. I'll eat, a, I'll eat a chili dog, but not with mustard. Yeah. I just want chili and cheese there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Before we go, though, Justin, I do want to give you a chance to share with us where we can get a hold of you, where we can listen to you, how we can get more from you if we're interested. Yeah, sounds good. So my podcast is also on the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Um, so we are connected in that way. It's called Quiz and Hers. When I'm not teaching psychology or doing research. My other major hobby is trivia. My wife and I do this podcast called Quiz and Hers, where each week one of us writes six trivia questions for the other person, and it covers everything you can imagine from history and science to sports and pop culture and everything in between. After each question, the person who, who wrote it then kind of explains the answer for a little bit, about five minutes or so, and sort of teaches the other person a little bit more. It's a really fun way to, if you want to learn stuff and get better at Jeopardy or pub trivia or whatever, um, that's kind of the idea. Yeah, so you can find us. We're on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Quiz and Hers. Uh, or you can find us on iTunes or BigHeadsMedia.com. That sounds like a great way to see how strong your marriage is. 
That's literally our tagline, the podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship. I I can see my wife and I are very strong in our relationship. I don't think we could survive that kind of a thing. I I really don't. I I, I think we would be in a fist fight. I would be back in jail and it would be a bad day for everybody. I applaud you for, for taking that on. That's a scary thing to do. It's good fun. (laughs) Oh, always, but as good fun as it wants to be, I could see where that would go. At least for me, I'm very competitive and I'm very adamant on, as she puts it, mansplaining things. Don't know what that is, Mm. but apparently I do it. (laughs) Yeah. So we are both also very competitive. She's my wife is probably the only person in the world that I can tolerate losing to ever, uh, which is how I knew she was the one. Ah, Well, that's awesome. And and again, I appreciate you joining me. Pizza is an open face sandwich. I'm I gotta keep throwing that at you. It's an open face sandwich. Uh, well, I don't agree, but I would say, in my view, a hot dog is less of a sandwich than a PBJ. It's more of a sandwich than a pizza, and it's definitely more of a sandwich than the Brooklyn Bridge. And I think that's the right answer to that question. Okay, I like that. That's a definitely a good place to leave it. We'll we'll go there because I don't know anybody that's going to try to eat the Brooklyn Bridge. At least. Not and stay out of jail. All right, man. I, I appreciate it, Justin. And we will talk to you hopefully again soon. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd love to do this again. All right. Well, enjoy your evening. All right. You too, man. Take care. Okay. So there it is. Is it philosophy? Go to our website at www.isitphilosophy.com and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter and Facebook as well. Help us grow by going onto iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and take a moment and leave a review. Until next time, question everything, seek your truth, and don't be afraid to speak your truth.